and welcome back to another episode of Farewell Evangelion. My name is Keith, I'm going through the series for my last time, and I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who is going through for his first. So in another palate cleansing episode before we get back into the story, we thought, with the end of Evangelion and finishing up the lore, what's a good thing to talk about other than, you know, Evangelion being such a massive hit it was, it inspired a lot of things, had a lot of homages, and then... About t 10 to 12 years later, when Rebuild finally came out, it obviously took influences from things that possibly inspired it. Yeah. So I thought we'd go over some of the major things that were inspired or even created by Neon Genesis for this episode. So hopefully it won't be a long episode, but... Theoretically, easily could be. So uh, right off the bat, I think the big thing that we've talked about a lot, especially on our other podcast that I like to say, is post-Evangelion Organic Mech. Yeah, a phrase I have heard more than a couple times. Yeah, and that's one of the key things that kind of came with this series. Uh, having some sort of biological mechanism in the mech was not unheard of, but the aspect of just organic, even like the slim mechanical shape of the Evangelion was a new thing that happened. Before it was like the bulky Gundams was the big yeah. robot, and then it's like, oh, they could be more humanoid and more flexible and stuff like that. They can emote and allow people to relate to not only the person inside, but in theory also the uh, mech itself. Yeah. Uh, so, before we get into specific shows or homages to the series, there's a few anime tropes or concepts that came from Evangelion that I want to touch over first. Sure. And I want to see if you might recognize these, and when I mention it, you're like, of course! So, Organic Mech was one of them. The other trend that we started seeing after Evangelion was anime that was more focused on psychological intro, uh, inter, oh, sorry, inward introspective. Yeah, I can see that. Up to that point, it was very much cut and paste. I think the most, you know, morality we got was really probably through Mobile Suit Gundam, where it's like, young kid put into a robot to fight war, but war was bad, was the ultimate outcome of that one. Not really too much seeing between the lines there. It was yeah. always pretty cut and dry. Good guys win, bad guys lose. That really goes for all media uh, up to this point. I'm not saying Neon Genesis made the idea of ambiguous gray characters, but an anime for... Like, starters, that definitely was the effect that Neon Genesis had. People were able to take more risk and get a little bit more thought-provoking with their anime at this point. For sure, yeah. A character archetype was created by Neon Genesis Evangelion. You know what character archetype it is. There's a character in Neon Genesis you think is an archetype. And this might be hard because we're, this is your first time going through Neon Genesis. You probably don't realize that Neon Genesis is the one that started this. Risato, maybe? Nope. Rei and Ame. The emotionally detached girl with blue hair. Yeah. Neon Genesis started it. Rei and Ame was such a, like, you don't, like, the how much fathomable popularity came from Rei in this series to, like, the greater spectrum is absurd compared to the rest of Evangelion. The next closest thing that's recognizable in Ava after Rei is Ava Unit 1. Yeah. And she was so popular that it literally created multiple characters that were just her. In a different series. Emotionally detached girl with blue hair. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, it doesn't have to be blue, but it's always on that color spectrum. I think a, a big example of this is the Suz uh, Hari Suzumiya series, uh, Nagano, who is an alien that came to Earth to observe humanity. Yeah. <laughs> and she has no emotions. Yeah, that's a Ray right there. Yeah. The character of Ray is really the first instance of a character like that, and it became so popular that it's now just a common archetype. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yay. Yeah. And I'm sure if you think through a lot of anime series, you'll start recognizing, oh, that's a Ray character, that's a Ray character, that's a Ray character. I don't know 
thinking back on them now that that's going to happen, I feel like any anime I watch now, I'm like, oh, look, it's Rey. Oh, that's Rey there. Oh, look, Rey. Yeah, and I'm not kidding. She is super popular that it's possible to the point where it surpassed Evangelion itself. It's Evangelion is a big thing, but when you compare it to Rey, it's like Beyonce to Destiny's Child. Yeah. I mean, Solange is still one. <laughs> And another trope that happened, uh, also with <laughs> the series, and this one I think you're really going to enjoy, it's called the Gendo Pose. Oh, is it the hands in front of the <laughs> Yes! Back? I love that. I love that that became a trope. I yeah. can't think of anywhere I've seen it, but I love the idea that that is a trope. Yeah, the character with their hands crossed in front of them and the glint to their glasses if they have them. I, have abso- I can't think of any specific examples, but now that I think about it, that's absolutely the shit I have seen in fucking series before, where he's like, I have a plan, and he does that exact pose, and you get the glint in his glass. Yeah, oh no, I've absolutely seen that shit yep, before. Uh, first uh, introduction to that pose in the context, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Fuck. So those are two lasting anime tropes that have come out of the series uh, that apply to almost every anime, in a sense. Because they're, they're not so much tied to the ideas of Evangelion, it's more of the character type and just the pose of, I have a plan. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the organic mech aspect and psychological thinking has to apply to more genre-specific things. Yeah. Uh, are you aware of any animes uh, that you can think of that were inspired, or look like they were inspired by Neon Genesis? Once again, it's tricky for me, because where this... I haven't really watched a lot of anime since we started doing this podcast, so... In my mind, any the connections that exist in my head uh, all go in the opposite direction of Neon Genesis is like this, when it probably should be this is like Neon Genesis. It's like when people watch The Simpsons, watch movies, like, oh, that's the joke from The Simpsons, when it's the other way around. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go through a few here. If you know any of them, let me know. Um, one thing I will just say off right off the bat, and it's, I guess it's kind of cheating for me to point it out, but Neon Genesis is made by Studio Gynax. And almost everything Studio Gynax was in some way inspired through Evangelion. Fair. So one of the big ones, I believe I've talked about this a few times with you. Serial Experiment Lane. The name sounds familiar. So, it might seem like I have Neon Genesis figured out. I still have no goddamn idea what's happened in Serial Experiment Lane. But it's one of those psychological introspective anime that really only exists because Neon Genesis cleared the way for it. Essentially, it's about a girl who ends up becoming the internet, in a sense, by the end of the series. So, imagine the whole concept of Neon Genesis with fighting the angels, and more of computer and... You know, it's actually kind of like Johnny Mnemonic, if you want to think about it. I don't, but okay. <laughs> but it's a series that is known for like being heavily like psychological and introspective of what does it mean to exist, and memories and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it's a series that was heavily inspired. Uh, there's two series that I want to mention which a lot of people point out is pretty much just Neon Genesis light. Like, they're just adaptions of Neon Genesis. So the first one, chronologically, is Rasphon. That one also does not ring. So, a lot of people kind of shit on Rasphon for just being a ripoff of Neon Genesis, which I think is a little bit unfair of it. It's the same concept. Aliens come to the planet, people fight back, protagonist hero boy gets a robot named Rasphon and fights off the invasion. Rossophon is Neon Genesis if it didn't take the psychological turn. Okay. Not to say there's any, like, not introspective and stuff like that, because almost every anime that wanted to be something after Neon Genesis had to have some sort of introspective of what is right and wrong, in a sense. Yeah. 
but uh, it's definitely one of the big ones. Uh, I would actually highly recommend if you enjoy the robot fights aspects of Neon Genesis, it's one worth going back to. Their robot has wings on its head. Yeah. Okay. That's my addition to this conversation. <laughs> a more recent one, Elreka 7. Okay, that one I have heard before. In fact, guess what? The character Elreka is a Rayon Ami. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think Renton's voiced by the same actor that did Shinji as well. Uh, and probably. I couldn't say for sure. But He's got I the high-pitched whiny voice. Yeah, I'd be willing to believe it. <laughs> but Elreka 7 is very much Neon Genesis in a recontextualization. Yeah. Uh, another popular one that you uh, are probably aware of, Code Geass. Yeah, one I am familiar with as well, yeah. Uh, Code Geass, heavily inspired by the concepts of Neon Genesis, though it might not take the same roots. Uh, it's a series that is very much about the psychological inflection and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched Code Geass. I'm familiar with Code Geass. The character, at first glance, seems to have slightly more self-confidence than Shinji. Oh, yeah. L- 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, spoiler for a series that came out in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s, is Lucia's the villain at the end. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but he was the villain because they needed to be a villain. Ah, oh, so he took the Batman from Batman Return. No, just... What was the... The Dark Knight. He took the Batman from the Dark Knight approach. Yeah. Um, I'll be the villain because this world needs a villain right now. Another uh, Studio Gainax one, uh, Fooly Cooly, or FLCL. If you have not seen this one, I am not gonna uh, hurt you. Like, uh, not gonna hurt you. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not you gonna. You already hurt me by making you. I'm not gonna it. fault you for not seeing Fooly Cooly. I don't think a lot of people have seen Fooly Cooly, but it is something worth watching if you like a what the fuck series. <laughs> it's about this boy who, this girl comes from space, and then just bullshit happens. Also, her weapon's a guitar, and she has a robot with a TV for the head. I see the robot with a TV for a head, and. If you didn't say it was a series where what the fuck happens, I'd be very into it right now. I don't know if I can emotionally handle a what the fuck series, but it looks like a fun time based on the artwork. Oh, it's 100% a fun time, but if you're going into it not just to enjoy what's happening and trying to piece together what the story means, you're not going to enjoy it that much. I, I, I can add it to my list. I now. think you need to turn off your brain to watch Fooly Cooly. That's the way to watch Fooly Cooly. I'm willing to turn off my brain right now. <laughs> or as one of the characters in the show says, you got to be Fooly Cooly. I don't know if I can turn my brain off that much. <laughs> uh, a few other ones, just to hit on things that have similar story beats for, like, the introspective and psychological. We have Dot Hack. Yeah. Uh, we have Stein's Gate. Yeah. And we have Magical Madoka. This is the one about the magical girls who have contracts with otherworldly demon creatures that uh, essentially eat them afterwards when they go corrupt and become very evil. Yeah. You know what magical... Uh, uh, yeah. (laughs) That series is... like You can clearly see the Neon Genesis within it. Yeah, yeah, you can. Even the demons that are eating the angels look like they're fun times. So it's got a lot of the Evangelion of, at first glance, you think you should be having a fun time, but you're really not. Yeah, it's a magical little story that turns quicks into, oh dear god, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, In more of the aspect of the worldly uh, themes... Uh, we have the melancholy of Hori Suzuhimiya. Nope. <laughs> the melancholy. Sorry, what was the name again? The melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. So in this story, it's we're following a character named Kyon, uh, who ends up in the same class as Hori Suzumiya, who is a very eccentric girl who believes in aliens, espers, time travelers, and all that stuff. And she's going to be the person that discovers them, and just to find out that her class 
also has a time traveler, an alien, and an esper, as well as other people with powers. But she doesn't know that they do. They all tell Kion, oh, we are these things. And guess what? Hurry over there is God, and we have to keep her happy or she resets the universe. <laughs> and that's Harisu Zamiya. <laughs> that is not where I thought that was going. Yeah, the whole story is she believes in all of these things, but she herself never comes in contact with them. It's all through Kion's perspective of working with these beings that she believes to keep her happy so she doesn't just fuck up reality. Jesus. Oh, fuck. I need to watch that series. That series is now at the top. Five. It's like a 12-book franchise that got made into an anime. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, but yeah, very much has the uh, themings of Neon Genesis. And it, going through it, like all these ones, just watching it, realizing Neon Genesis is a thing, you can really see the effect it's had on the story. Yeah. Kill a Kill is another one. Yep. Uh, that one's a little bit more direct. I don't think I have to go into too many details with that one. No, I already see uh, and uh, for the last anime I really wanted to mention uh, on this one, Full Metal Alchemist. Huh. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, a lot of the themes of Full Metal Alchemist very much overlap with the idea from Neon Genesis, such as the idea of bringing back a loved one. Yeah. Though the motivations of the characters are a bit different, you know, it's Ed and Al who want to bring back their mother initially, which causes all the problems. The way that uh, homunculi work is almost the same as how angels work. Yeah. And Father's Plan is almost an exact replica of human instrumentality, just with the outcome being different. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I see that. And I believe Father also does the Gendo pose at one point. In case, I, I realize now I've been, this is an audio <laughs> podcast, but literally anytime either one of us has said Gendo pose, I have done the Gendo pose, <laughs> just for my own value. Uh, an interesting one to mention here, which is not exactly a whole franchise in itself, but more of a spinoff. Uh, it, within the Spider-Verse, the character Penny Parker is pretty much just Neon Genesis. Yeah, I suppose. In fact, uh, if you pay attention to her classmates, you can see a character that's clearly Rei, Asuka, and Shinji. Fuck, I have to go back and rewatch it because the Spider-Verse got done. But yeah, I did kind of see that. Well, not just the Spider-Verse movie. I mean, Penny Parker herself yes. as a character is very inspired by yes. it. So if you go through the comics that have her in it, you will see these things. I'm sure I will. I just... Rather than taking the time to go back through all the comic books, I'm just going to quickly watch it for the Firebirds. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's a good time. Why oh, wouldn't I go back and watch Definitely. Uh, DC Comics has also had a robot that looks like Ava Unit 2 a few times pop up. Sure. Going more into the movies uh, side of things, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only difference really between Pacific, uh, Pacific, Pacific, Pacific Rim and... Uh, the, the Neon Pacific Rim, yeah, yes. And the Neon Genesis is the mothers inside the... Robots. Yeah. In fact, uh, we haven't gotten to it yet, but you'll notice some influences from Pacific Rim that go into Neon Genesis moving forward. Do we have two pilots? And I guess we already had two pilots, and they had to synchronize their brains. So yeah, already got that going for us. Um, this one feels like a little bit of cheating, uh, and that's Shin Godzilla. And the reason for that is Shin Godzilla was directed by Hideo Kano. Yeah. But the fact that, like, you know, Godzilla and Kaiju-type things have thus been influenced by Neon Genesis. Uh, Kong Sky Island, what are they called? The monsters from that one, like the Skull Snatchers or whatever they are? Yes. They, they pretty much are angels, if you look at it. Yeah. And Invader Zim. I hate you. Uh, to the point that the creators also cited Neon Genesis as an inspiration for Invader Zim. I hate everything about who you choose to be. <laughs> Yeah, okay. 
Not a name I expected to hear today, if I'm being honest. Oh yeah, there's a lot of things. Hell, uh, a lot of franchises themselves that you wouldn't expect just to give homage to Neon Genesis. For example, South Park, homage Neon Genesis in their uh, Dungeons & Dragons episode. Now I have to go back and watch that as well. Fuck you. Uh, as well as a bunch of things have given reference to it. Uh, let's see. Great Teacher Onizuka, or uh, GTO. A lot of characters Gendo pose in that one. As well as the character also has posters of Neon Genesis in his room. Yeah. Uh, Azura's Wrath has multiple references to Neon Genesis, including how the final boss dies. It very much reflects Ray falling apart at the end of the end of Evangelion. Uh, let's just pull up a few of these interesting ones here. Uh, so another uh, series by Studio Gainax, Panty and Stalking, uh, has a scene where one of the characters explains to someone else, "I'm not your doll anymore." In the same inflection that uh, Ray tells Gendo, "I am not your uh, doll." Uh, in the Hayate, the Combat Butler, is that a series you're aware of? Well, uh, he's forced to sing Cruel Angel's thesis. Sir, what? The main character is forced to think, sing Cruel Angel's thesis by the student council. Uh, a few enemies in Little Witch Academia uh, resemble that of Satchel. Yeah. In uh, Love Hina, which is a series I'm a fan of myself. Uh, <laughs> well, first off, uh, when uh, the main character Keitaro is fantasizing about Naru, one of the characters, she's wearing Asuka's plug suit. Sorry, say that again. He, he imagines one of the characters wearing Asuka's plug suit. And later on in that same series, uh, when talking to him, when he's kind of having a breakdown, she says, "Hey, who told you to go Shinji on me?" <laughs> Uh, the movie, and this is one everyone's seen, the movie One Hour Photo, Yeah. as I say with Robin Williams, where the boy comes up to him and explains that the mass production angel is a good guy and only hurts bad guys. Yeah, and he uses his silver sword to defeat bad guys. Yeah. 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 There are lots of memes of that being immediately intercut with them tearing Asuka to shreds, so... Yeah. Civilization Beyond Earth, the video game? Yeah. Uh, one of the factions... Uh, they use something called the Car VR Mech, which looks almost like Unit Ava 01. And they also have biomechanical units called Angels. Huh. Kirby's Dreamland 3. Sorry, what? <laughs> There's an enemy monster called Mariel, which looks a lot like Matarail. The spider one. Quick Google for Peter, because I. Not that I don't believe you, but need to see it for myself. Uh, Mariel? Is that what you said the name was? Yeah, from Kirby Dreamland 3. Yeah, I guess, technically. <laughs> uh, so, Adventure Time. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of BMO-related things are references to Neon Genesis Evangelion. So we can just safely say that BMO herself was a fan of Evangelion. Uh, one of the big ones is in the episode BMO Noir, when talking with Neptor. You remember the exchange between Ray and Kaoru about I'm Just Like You? They had that a conversation word for word is said between them. Jesus. <laughs> uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. <laughs> In an episode called Scare Master, uh, Ray appears as one of the unplanned guest cutouts. So the other people at that table with uh, Fluttershy is Sailor Moon, Bulma, Ranma, and Utena from uh, their respective series. Really didn't want to have to talk about Friendship is Magic, so let's move on. Uh, Steven Universe uh, does pretty much the speech, the speech that Shinji had during the Zuriel fight. Okay. 
in a was it light laser light cannon episode. Uh, that one I mentioned about uh, DC Comics. It was specifically a Justice League issue where Lex Luthor is piloting a mech that looks like an Ava, but it's just got Ultron's face. Okay. Kappa uh, Mikey in uh, one of his music video, a spooky music video. One of the backup dancers looks very much like Ray. Uh, and Invader Zim, going back to that one. The Christmas episode is a parody of End of Evangelion. There's no way around it. It's just a straight-up parody. Yeah, I don't specifically remember the Christmas episode, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, the Legend of Korra, the fight between Korra, Spirit, and Una Vatu, yeah. is very much referencing a lot of the Kaiju-style fights that happen in the Genesis. Yeah. Voltron, Defenders, uh, Legendary Defenders, I, I don't think I have to go into a description about that one. That one just got so many uh, references. Yeah. But yeah, those are just some of the uh, fun things that have had like you can see it's not just Japanese media that's been influenced by it we got Invader Zim South Park video games all paying homage back to Neon Genesis for how much of a big influence it was on just the media of the time yeah especially with it going into like the mid 90s when there was definitely I think a, a shift towards the more psychological aspect of storytelling absolutely so after I've given all these references and stuff uh, is there anything that you can think of that Fits in that category of things that were inspired, or even references you might have not have realized were Neon Genesis based. I mean, I have I have started to pick up on because while I haven't watched a lot of uh, anime since we started this, I have read a fair bit of manga since we started this, and I have picked up on a lot of references of characters after a fight waking up in a hospital, looking up at the ceiling, and commenting on how. It's either an unfamiliar or a familiar ceiling, so <laughs> that feels like a weird reference that's come out of this series. I don't know that it's necessarily a reference, but it seems to be a fucking reference. Um, I have thought back to it. I can't think of any exp explicit examples. I want to say Amagi Fun Park, or I forget exactly what it's called. Uh, brilliant Amagi Park. Uh is the only specific example I can think of of someone doing the Gendo pose. There's a scene where he does the Gendo pose. I'll give you that. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, there's a lot of them. Oh, Trust I'm, me. <laughs> I'm sure there are. It's just that's the only specific example that comes to my mind. Uh, I don't know. That's just, like, a lot. But to think of something that would be directly inspired and not just a reference is going to take more work because it's going to involve me having to re-watch stuff and noticing that it's... A reference, or not a reference, but a uh, homage or inspired. Oh, of course, and like, like I said, like there's a lot of things on the list that were inspired by that aren't exactly a shot for shot in any sense. Yeah. Serial Experiment Lane is more of the themes of what Age of uh, Evangelion was, whereas Elrica 7 is more of like a direct you can see more in the style. So it's there's things that were inspired narratively and things that were inspired by the visuals, and both of those have their own merits and uh, easy easy ways to tell that they were inspired, where some of them are a little bit more unseen Full Alchemist. It's very hard to, without knowing what you're looking for, to say, oh, Full Alchemist, I can see the inspirations from Neon Genesis in it. Yeah. So do you have any questions about any inspiration stuff? No. <laughs> I know, that's kind of a hard question to have. Is this inspired? Maybe. I don't know. So uh, are you familiar with uh, much of what we discussed, aside from the ones you brought up, or... Unless I explicitly said, ah, yes, that, or fuck you for bringing up that. <laughs> it seems that the Invader Zim one is what hit you the hardest. 
I didn't expect to think of Invadersm as a reference to fucking Neo Genesis or an homage. Or no, and to be fair, it's, the whole series is not itself fully inspired by, but there's a lot of things that were taken from yeah. it. It's just, it wasn't something I was expecting to think of in this case. That's fair. But yeah, Invader Zim is probably more homages than full inspiration, but it's definitely a twofold thing. It probably pulls from both sides of it. Yeah. But yeah, feel free to assume that if I had little to say about it, it's because I had never seen it or heard of it before. Well, here's a good question for you then. Are you surprised, or does this meet your expectations on what you were expecting from this episode? This is roughly what I was expecting. Yeah. I guess it's kind of hard to expect less than this, in a sense. Regardless of how much you know of Neon Genesis Evangelion. A lot of people know about it, regardless if yeah. they've seen it or not. And just like, you know, back in the day where people would watch Simpsons and then point to a movie and say, oh, it's that thing that was referenced in Simpsons. Neon Genesis has been referenced so much that a lot of people are going to expect things from Neon Genesis just because they've been exposed to the concepts of it so much through more modern stuff. Yeah, and it's also the kind of thing where a lot of people could say that the references, uh, something could be a reference to Neon Genesis without realizing it. Like, if there's a story where the main character's mother is dead, they could say that it's a reference to Neon Genesis, and without it necessarily being a reference. It could be a reference to Bambi and how Bambi's mother's dead. Uh, <laughs> Disney returns again. Yeah, so I expected it to have this kind of breadth just because, except for certain things where the author or writer has specifically come out and said, Yes, this was very much heavily inspired by Neon Genesis. It's very easy for viewers who were fans of Neon Genesis to watch a series and see things that remind them of the series that they were such big fans of. They're like, ah, this is clearly reference. Not that I'm saying none of that was references. I'm just saying I am taking some of it with a grain of salt in that, like, while it's possible it was inspired, it's also possible it was inspired by something else, or was trying to do something original. Oh yeah, not saying that Neon Genesis itself is also fully original. It was inspired by things like Ultraman, the Mobile Suit Gundam series. It's very much taking inspirations and then making its own things out of that yeah. as homage, which then creates new things. And that's why I wanted to kind of talk about this here before we get into Rebuild, because you're going to start seeing things that Neon Genesis inspired, then inspire things within Neon Genesis because of the gap. Yeah. Which is a very interesting way to look at things. Yeah. It's, uh... Nope, that's not a reference I'm going to make right now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was kind of the gist of what I wanted to talk about, just to get those thoughts flowing on that. And I guess anyone listening also got some really good references on things to go check out if they like Neon Genesis and want some more. Yeah, if they enjoyed the robot fights, we talked about stuff that was inspired by the robot fights. If they liked the psychological horror and the trauma... First of all, what's wrong with you? Second of all, we gave you some examples of other stuff that did that. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, with that, we'll end off the episode, so make sure to like, favorite, subscribe, pass on forwards to your friends. You can reach us at whatismypodcastabout at gmail.com with questions or anything you'd like to discuss. On top of that, you can find us on all podcasting platforms. We release an episode each Wednesday, and we're also on YouTube with the same release schedule. Also, we have the Instagram page where we put up facts and information about the series as we go through it. The ones following this episode are probably just going to be about specific other shows that were similar. And, of course, we have our weekend polls where we have angel fights going on. Make sure to tune into the next episode, though, because we are starting Rebuild. Speaking of which, Peter, what can we expect next time on Neon Genesis Evangelion? Alright, so, Rebuild is 
Otto's third attempt going through the series just to make sure everyone fully picked up on the theme. So we're going back through the series, starting off from Shinji, working with him. Obviously they're going to do some things differently because otherwise he would just tell people to watch the series for the first time again. So there will be subtle differences. My belief is it's going to get up to the 5th slash 7th Angel, depending on how you count it, but I don't remember exactly which one that is. But it will involve angel fights and also murder and also trauma. And maybe Lilith will get mentioned earlier because, fuck it, that's not a reveal anymore. People know that from the original series. Sounds like fun, so make sure to tune in next time, and there will be plenty of fan service.